You heard right here on 640 Toronto, here's the Premier in Scarborough this afternoon when questioned about possibly bumping up the start date of Phase 2 of the province's reopening. Just a matter of days, and there, Minister Elliott again is going to be uh, discussing this with Dr. Williams, and they'll be coming out with an announcement very shortly. All right, let's welcome in vaccine researcher Dr. Iris Gorfinkel, who joins us each and every Wednesday. She's on the line and joins us here on 640 Toronto. Dr. Gorfinkel, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. Thanks for having me back. Well, thanks for being here as always. All right, wanted to ask you first of all about the reopening in phase two. I mean, when we look at the vaccination rate, 227,000 shots alone given out uh, yesterday. And as a matter of fact, as of today, Dr. Gorfinkel, the province has hit the vaccination threshold or target for not only entering phase two, but phase three as well. So should we be looking at speeding up the reopening, do you think? It is super exciting and not to be taken for granted to think that, you know, just under a quarter million vaccines, most of which were dose two, were given in the space of 24 hours. That's really an incredible thing. But should we speed things up, I would still side on, the, on caution. Why do I say that? Because we have learned repeatedly to how to be behind the eight ball. In other words, be reactive instead of proactive. The idea is this. It's going to take two weeks for those vaccines to work. Some systems say as long as three weeks. So we want to have that time. Secondly, we want to make sure that we're seeing the effect on hospitalizations and case counts. It's not simply a matter of, you know, do the vaccine. We know the vaccines are going to work, but it's going to, hospitalizations, deaths, those things tend to lag behind. So I would still say let's side on caution, especially with that Delta variant threatening. All right. Wanted to ask you about that. Is that the wild card? Obviously, here is the Delta variant. Uh, This is something we weren't dealing with when we uh, had to reopen and then close again last time around. Is that why the Delta variant that we need to be particularly cautious right now? Well, the Delta variant is pretty frightening, you know, because of two reasons. First, it's not just a little more transmissible. It is far more transmissible, 60% more transmissible than the alpha variant, that's B117, which is the most common variant we're now seeing. But it's also that it may cause people to become sicker. Why do I say that? Because data out of Scotland showed twice the number of hospitalizations from the Delta variant than from that alpha variant. So that's pretty concerning, that combination. It's actually almost two and a half times more transmissible than the original variant, which is to say that for every person who got sick from the original variant, this variant could make 2.4 people get sick. So that's not to be underestimated. Take a look at what happened in the United Kingdom. In the space of six weeks, the Delta variant became their number one variant, now accounting for more than 90% of the cases they see. So what what are we to do? We have to remain in a proactive stance to keep that down, to make sure that enough Ontarians get that second dose so that that Delta variant can't get its teeth sunk into our flesh. And not only the Delta variant, but we've also got news here this afternoon about something now being called Delta Plus. Is this a variant of the Delta variant? 
It isn't variant of the Delta variant. It's incredible. I like the way they called it Delta Plus because it is very much related to the Delta. And what brought it into the news is that the WHO, the World Health Organization, has labeled it a variant of concern, to which many scientists are arguing against. And why are they arguing against it? Well, in order to qualify for a variant of concern, as opposed to one of simply a interest is that it has to be proven to be more transmissible or make people sicker. Has Do we have proof for that yet for the Delta Plus? And the answer is no, that proof is actually not there just yet. There's a concerning uptick in cases in India. You know, a number of cases have been identified, but it doesn't quite qualify for our being a variant of concern to many doctors and experts in the area. So we'll, we'll have to see. Can it be? Yeah, it can be. But we'll have to keep our ear to the ground on that one. Do we know how effective the vaccines, Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca, are when it comes to this Delta Plus? And is that kind of the big concern moving forward is all of these variants? And if we encounter one, that the vaccines we currently have that are giving us so much hope are not effective against a a particular variant? All of the vaccines we have have at least some efficacy against the variants of concern, no matter what variant it is. So, you know, it truly is a race between getting that second dose in and and the spread of the variants of concern. So let's focus on Delta for just a second, because that's really the scariest one we're now facing. So Delta, you get one dose of either Pfizer or AstraZeneca, Two weeks after that single dose, you're 33% protected against severe against symptomatic disease. Now, that's not as effective as it had been against the alpha variant. But what happens two weeks after that second dose? Boom! The, the protection goes up from 33% to 88% when you're talking about symptomatic disease and Pfizer. AstraZeneca dose two would have given a 60% protection against symptomatic disease. But let's that's symptomatic disease. Let's talk for a minute about hospitalizations. That's where no matter what vaccine a person gets, they just totally shine. You know, they're, so Pfizer dose two, 96% reduction in hospitalizations and severe disease. And AstraZeneca is also well over 90%. So that's the thing, that second dose is what locks in longer at longer term and stronger immunity. So important. Okay. I also wanted to ask you, since we are talking about second doses, I'm getting a couple of emails in here from listeners, people listening into the, our conversation here this afternoon, wondering about the reopening in phase two. Is it your suggestion that we not only need to get to these uh, vaccine uh, thresholds, 80% with the first dose, 25% fully vaccinated, those numbers, but that we've got to give it a couple of weeks once we hit those numbers for those vaccines to really take hold? Well, the wild card is this. It really is that Delta variant and the spread of variants. So I think the original thought process, if you wait 21 days between the different stages of reopening makes makes a lot of sense. You know, that wait is what helps, it helps just guarantee that we're gonna stay ahead of the curve instead of reacting to numbers. Do we have latitude in hospitals? Absolutely. Do we have latitude in ICU? Absolutely. But why should we risk that unnecessarily? 
Right now, the population, everybody is on board with doing it. No one's really bucking that trend. Most people are not. Most people want to see us gradually reopen so that we make sure that we're keeping that curve down. Also, uh, Dr. Gorfinkel, wanted to ask you this afternoon, much uh, talked about uh, this week, of course, has been mixing and matching with a uh, Pfizer uh, shipment delayed here to the uh, country. There's been a big push for those that are scheduled to get their second shots to take uh, Moderna. Uh, What is uh, your advice and your take on mixing and matching? So there are advantages to doing that. And some studies have suggested a higher antibody response when you mix and match. But then on the other hand, there's also studies saying if you get a second dose of AstraZeneca, a person will have stronger cellular immunity. Of course, the world's data rests on two doses of the very same product. But that said, it is a race against the variants right now. And there's enough evidence to suggest that just getting that second dose is what's critical. That's what's most important in keeping us ahead of the curve. The disadvantage of getting mixing and matching, and I'm sorry, it's like plus and minus, minus and plus. But the disadvantage is that the world's data, if a person is to follow the world's data, it's still mostly based on two of the same vaccines. You know, so what is a person to do if they've had AstraZeneca and then had Moderna? Well, a lot of the world's data will not point the direction later on. I take great issue that we as a nation are not monitoring that. You know, so what's going to be the outcome in these people? The only way we're going to know is by following them closely to monitor vaccine efficacy against various variants of concern. So that said, Um, What matters now is that we try to get as many people vaccinated as possible. That second dose will lock in immunity. How long-term it is, we'll only know come the time. Will we need booster shots? We touched on that last week just a bit, and I think there's a good chance we will. But as I say, we'll have to wait and see. Here with vaccine researcher Dr. Iris Gorfinkel, 